All right, everybody, welcome back to Odd Man Rush. I'm Tony, he's Greg, and uh, today we are nearing the end of the Rangers season. With about eight games to go, we're fresh off, fresh off of a regulation loss to the uh, Detroit Red Wings. <laughs> Again? Uh, yep. So I Actually, think we we're about 2-7-1 in the last 10 or something like that. So yeah. uh, it's been rough after the trade deadline. Uh Greg, um, rather than recap the game tonight, because I'd rather not relive that memory, let's uh, let's wrap up the season here. I think um, just about all the results as far as player perception for the season are done. We're just padding stats at this point. Um, so I'm going to call out a few names, and uh, here's what we're going to do. Uh, just give me your thoughts on that player relative to preseason expectations. And uh, because we're a show that likes to hold ourselves accountable to our takes over the, you know, over the summer. So we're going to do that and then kind of grade that same player on how they performed relative to like the rest of the league, like an objective measure. So, I think that's fair. So I'll get you started. Uh, we'll start oh, with the before, league. Before you do that, there's actually nine games left, not, not nine. Eight. Nine games. Yes. <laughs> nine <laughs> worthless games left. Um. All right, so we'll start with the Rangers' leading scorer, Mika Zibanejad. Um, relative to how, what were your expectations of this guy coming into the season? So my expectation, I mean, I had some hot takes, and some of them were just, I kept getting hotter and hotter with like, I'm like, oh, he'll, at first I said um, he'll score 30 goals, and then he'll pot 40 assists, he'll score 70 points, and people told me that was that was flaming hot. And I'm like, I know they said that was a hot take, and I'm like, well, let me get even hotter with that. I'm like, he's going to score 40 and have 80 points. Um, and then I remember like a hockey stat minor and Fitz and Drew and all of them were just giving me hell about that. So I was just, I wanted to make it an even hotter take. Now, obviously, we can see he's not going to score 40 goals. Um, I put out a poll today that said, would he score, is he going to score 30? Because right now he's at 28, I think. So um, he's got two more to go to pop 30. I think 30 is a very reasonable expectation for him. I think he probably does hit that. Um, and if he runs a little shy of it, I, I wouldn't be shocked because this team is absolute dogfire trash and he's playing with like next to nobody. So if he doesn't pot 30, it, it, it wouldn't shock me, but he's good enough that he can probably, you know, just on his ability, find two goals the rest of the year um, in the next, you know, few games left. Um, so my expectation for him was. Basically where he is, and I think that's because of the ability he has. So he's met my expectations. Um, I give him actually probably probably an A-plus. I think he's been the best forward of the staff. Um, I don't think it's close. I think I think I know people want to talk Kreider. Kreider's in the mix. I think Zabanajad, when you take the whole package, what he does on special teams, penalty killing, um, you know, uh, his, his defensive game. Um, like all these little things, even like the, you know, the little times he's talked to cry, uh, to credit when he's talked to uh, Philip Heedle and got him to, 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 to wake up a little bit. Like he's just done a lot of things right on top of putting up a ton of points and he's at times carried this team. So to be com completely honest, I think, you know, from a team perspective, I think an A plus is not an unfair grade for, uh, for Mika Zibanejad. Um, from a league wide point of view i think an a is a fair grade i think he's a i think he's a i think when you compare him to uh, uh the, the rest of the centers in the nhl 
he's in the top 15. And I, and I think if we're going to start talking about that, then we got to start giving him real good grades. Okay. Um, I agree. Actually, um, <laughs> I actually do agree um, with the whole especially, thing. Especially when you look at the forwards he's playing with. Like, you know, um, you compare, like, I, I think Shifley's a very good example. And you look at you look at Shifley, and Shifley's a very good, you know, parallel to Mika Zibanejad. Look at Shifley. Look who he's playing with. Yeah, well, Shifley, he gets help, you know. Um, that's my, that's I, he's my not point. Playing there, with there's, scrubs. there's nobody. Zibanejad's not. Zibanejad doesn't have Liney on his team. Right. Or, you know or even saying? Blake Wheeler. Well, I don't know. I think you can compare Chris Kreider to Blake Wheeler. I think you honest. can, but there's but there's no one on this staff that that there's no one on this on this team that's that's Patrick Line. Right, right, true. And and, and it's just like and Nika Sabanaja is still killing it. So it's like it just makes me think like what would he do with like a really with like two dynamic wingers on his on his side? I just think it would be now. This is not a knock to Kreider, and it's not an act to Bushnevich because I think they're both really good wingers. But I think that. I actually, I look at it like Kreider is a very good top twenty winger. I think Nikas Abanajet is a, just a hair better of a player than 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 Kreider is, and that's not a knock on on Kreider because Kreider I think is I think is very underrated by a lot of Rangers actually. Um, I just think that Abanajet, just his overall game, I really I, I just love everything about his game. I think that you know I, I want to see the time when either we put Panarin on his wing or some of these kids really develop or. Maybe we make a trade for an elite winger one day, and, uh, and then pair him with, you know, with um, Kreider and another winger or some other combination. I just want to see his game grow even more. But I, I don't think down the road it's impossible for Mika Sabanajet with the right line mates to hit eighty or ninety points. I don't think that's unreasonable. Um, yeah, uh, I, I agree, man. There's, there's there's no reason to think that it's outlandish that he could hit eighty points at some point, and. He's really good. He he established himself as one of the faces of this team. It's basically him and Kreider at this point and, you know, Brady Shea, but that's only because Brady Shea's actually good looking. So that's the <laughs> only reason he's one of the faces of the team. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I was excited to get Zibanejad when we got him in that uh, Ottawa trade. And I've always liked the guy. Always thought he was a good player. Didn't know he was this good. Um, he's... He's fantastic, man, and you said he's a top fifteen guy. Um, yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. I'm, I'm a, not gonna, I'm not gonna argue top, with that. Yeah, he's a top fifteen center, and I think, you know, I'll put it to you this way: I think, I think Sabanajad this year has, um, if if the Rangers made him the captain of this team, I would have no objection to that whatsoever. Um, not even just because of his point production, but just if you watch the way, you know, is is the way he acts with his teammates too. Like everyone likes being around him. You know he's a he's a fun guy to be around. He pumps up his teammates. He gets excited for everybody. Um, you know, I mean, like he he wouldn't be a. I don't think, I don't think it's a bad um, take if you want to make him the captain. And I'm not I'm not as big as some people on the captain not captain thing. But I know some people are. And if they did decide to go that route, I don't think that's a. I don't think that's on on. I don't think that's a, a a bad thing to do. I think he's. I think he's gonna be a big part of this team for a while for a long time. That's what I think. Yeah, he will be for sure. Um, let's uh, let's go to Chris Kreider then. Uh, second leading scorer, forty nine points so far in a, on a year. Um, what were your expectations of him coming into the season? Um, I was expecting twenty five goals and like you know you know thirty five assist ish. So he's kind of right around that. Um, I think you know he's he's definitely missed some games. He's he's had 
he's been playing through some injuries, so we have to really, you know, calculate that into it. How much has that impacted his play? Um, he's kind of also been shifted around, you know, uh, different lines as well, so he hasn't really had a consistent um, line mate. But, you know, heck, I mean, if we're going to be fair, neither has Zibanejad. So, um, but I thought he's been the next best forward on this team, actually. Um, and he's been, he's been real good. I mean, his, at one point, his shooting percentage was just, just on, on, you know, there was no way that he was going to be able, that, um, he was going to be able to, to keep up that shooting percentage, uh, like he was early in the year. It was just, he was on fire at one point, but having said that he does bring a lot of things to the, to the table that, you know, that are, that are important for a forward. So, um, my, I would say my, if I'm grading him, Based on the team and what I expect out of him, I'd probably give him like an A. Okay. I think that's fair, How and I think that's because we're to the league? relative to the league. Maybe I would probably say like a B plus, and that's not bad. Yeah, yeah, you know, of that's course actually not. really good. Like you're, you're, and that's only because. And, and honestly, I think that if someone would say I'd give him an A relative to the league, I'm not against that either. Um, because of the injuries or whatever, and I think that's probably hindered him to like a B plus grade. So it's kind of like a soft B plus. You know what I'm saying? Like he's probably somewhere between that and an A because I don't know how much of the injury really did pertain to some of the um, some of his play. So I, I just don't know, and that's a that's a tough thing to. Like I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be too hard next. I'm just not exactly sure. But when he was at the height of his game earlier in the year, he was he was he was fantastic. You know, so um, I think he's been really good. I mean, I mean. At the end of the day, he's a, he's a top twenty, top twenty five winger in the league. He really is. Yeah, easy. Um, he's a top twenty. I think this year he's established himself as that. Um, I I agree with you again. Uh, he's this is almost exactly what we expected of him. I think any reasonable person expected about twenty five goals, maybe thirty, um, and probably thirty assists or so. I mean, you don't know how many assists you're going to get when there's nobody around you. Uh, and you're the main one scoring the goals anyway. So, you know, you're not going to put yourself in a position to score a lot of goals if you're Chris Kreider, but he had a, he's had a great year. Um, he, You have to think of his value beyond the stats, and I know that that's a cliche, but when you think of how many goals the Rangers have scored because of a screen he set, countless. I, I lost count months ago. Uh he doesn't get points for those. Those power play points, you rarely see him score power play points. And especially assists. But he probably could, you know, if screens were counted as assists. But they're not. I think he even made a joke that, like, you know, he didn't get voted to the All-Star team because he's not that talented of a player unless they just really need a guy to screen a goalie. That That's <laughs> kind of what he does. You know, he's a uh, he's prime Wayne Simmons. Let's put it that way. He he's, 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 an, he's a he's a he's a better version of, of Wayne. Yeah, he's a slightly better version of Wayne Simmons in his prime. He's a Wayne Simmons if Wayne Simmons could skate a little bit better. Um, that's and he it. has a little and he has a little bit better of a shot, a little bit, a little bit. And but he, you know he doesn't fight as much, which is probably a good thing. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> a different guy, a different a different type of player. But yeah, I, I get that. right. They score the same way though. Um, so. When you think of Chris Kreider, don't think of him as like Johnny Goudreau, like he's going to deke around all these guys and he's going to snipe it from the face off. That That's not him. That's not the way he scores his points. He scores points off turnovers, on breakaways. 
uh, or two-on-ones or that play where Shattenkirk shoots it off the end board and it bounces back and Kreider <laughs> knocks it in, you know, after he right. skates through the blue line. They have plays set up for him. You know, that's the kind of guy Chris Kreider is, and he does it very, very, very well. So, yeah, he's one of the he's one of the twenty best at his position. Let's let's call it what it is. And I, I agree completely. Him and Mika aren't going to get a lot of uh, credit nationally, like on the sports networks and the sports journalism over the summer because of how bad the Rangers have been most of the year. But they're 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 elite talents, guys. Uh, we have to. You, I'll put it to you this way: you take those two guys off this team, um, the Rangers finish worse in Ottawa. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, the like Rangers by, are like by a lot, by teams. a whole lot, actually. Yeah, that yeah. This is the worst team in the history of the sport. With I mean, if you take any one of these three guys, Zabanishad, Kreider, or D'Angelo, out of the lineup for the entire year, this is one of the worst teams to ever grace NHL ice. So make no mistake about it. If one of those three guys misses the entire year, they put up one of the worst records the league has ever seen. Um. But that goes to say that those guys are really good. Um, I'm going to give you – I'm going to move on to the next one. Uh, Kevin Shattenkirk. Let's do that. Rangers' second leading scoring defenseman. Um, I think Shat, all right, I think Shattenkirk um, gets way too much flack by a lot of people. I think he's been, um, once again, very – like we, we, we look at it from the Kreider aspect of he's been hurt a lot, you know, and dealing with some stuff. So recovering from the knee thing and, you know, so – you know, plus also, I don't think that, you know, this is not what he in some ways signed up for. I mean, he, he signed up to be, you know, basically a, a power play specialist and an offensive generator on a team that was a, a, a solid playoff contender. And it's like he's been thrown into an awful tire fire of a team. Now, granted, you're a pro NHLer, so you just got to, you know, just grow the fuck up and suck it up kind of thing. But that also doesn't always translate to the game working out the way it does. So I do think I do think that um, it, it, it kind of sucks for him in that end. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so um, did I expect more points out of out of Shattenkirk? Yeah, I'd be a fool to tell you no. Do I think that he's been bad? No, I think that's a I think that's a hot take that's so overplayed. I don't think he's been bad. Now, do I expect more from him? Like I said, yes. So my expectation from him, based on that, I probably give him. A, probably a B minus, and I don't think that's a. I don't think that's a. That's not a terrible grade, but it's not a bad grade. It's like I expected something, and you've given me like a notch, a notch and change below it, which is fine. Um, relative to the team, you probably given him like a, like a B plus, and I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's. I don't think that's bad. So, um, well, how do you see him as far as how he stacks up to a lot of other defensemen around the league? Like, is he? That that's a that, that's a tricky one. So when you do that, the, the the conversation gets a little bit more tiered because the team is a little is a little bad. So I think you know you look at his point totals and what he's done as opposed to the league. Yeah, he's probably like in the C plus range then, because the rest of the league has some really skilled defensemen putting up a lot of points. Right. So yeah, I mean, unfortunately, his numbers don't look good compared to the rest of the NHL. Unfortunately, and that's just what it is. Um, so I think like a C plus is not a, that's a fair grade for him. You know, it's a notch below his B minus for the team, which is okay. You know, it's like he's done okay. And there's a lot of other players that are better. 
I just expected a little bit more from him, but he hasn't been. He's been. He's been. He's been salvageable. He's been okay. He's been. He's been really good at times. Um, I think he's been. I think the the narrative that he's been bad is overhyped and a little played out. Um, but did I expect more from him? Yes. So with that, I can't give him a solid like high end grade. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna slightly disagree, but definitely agree with your reasoning there. Um, I think relative to expectations coming into the season. He's a complicated one because obviously he's not the player that a lot of fans advertised him to be. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna actually lay that all all that blame on hockey fans, uh, making him out to be something that he's never really been. Uh, when he went into free agency, people were like, "Oh, he's a first pair defenseman. Him and McDonough are gonna be crushing it." And I was like, "He's not." That's not his talent level, man. Uh, that's not really what he does. Um, he's kind of a power play specialist. And last year, he lived up to that. Uh, last year, he lived up to the power play specialist uh, tag that we've all given him. This year, obviously, after the knee injury last year, and he went through some stuff this year, too, he's he's a shell of what he used to be. Uh, and this is coming from a guy who never thought that much of him to begin with, but he he's had a fantastically sheltered career believe it or not like this is actually impressive there's very few seasons in his career actually as far as i can see there's only one season in his career where he has had less than 55 percent of his zone starts being the offensive zone that's that's incredible you don't see that a lot um usually it's hovering around 60 percent a lot of the time uh and in st louis that came at the expense of alex petrangelo and Jay Bomeister, who had to start about 60% of their shifts in the defensive zone because Shattenkirk was starting so many of his in the offensive zone. Uh, in New York, it's worked out the same. He still plays about 60% of his time in the offensive zone, but the Rangers don't have a Petrangelo. They don't have a Jay Bomeister or a Joel Edmondson. They don't have those kinds of guys that are going to lock it down in their own zone. So, it makes the team look a lot bad, a lot worse. It makes Shattenkirk look a lot worse because it makes him seem very limited. So it kind of highlights his weaknesses, I should say. But as far as expectation coming into this year, for me, uh, I guess, honestly, probably about a B minus. Honestly, like, I didn't expect much of him. Uh, he, he shored up his defensive game a little bit. I think he's gotten used to the fact that he's just slower now. <laughs> He's just straight up slower now. And I think the Freddie Clayson thing was cool. Uh, him and Clayson being together. So I, I actually think he's got a a future in like keeping his career going. In the same way that Vince Carter kept his career going for so long when he learned how to shoot threes almost exclusively. Uh, I, I think Shattenkirk can make can earn himself another five years in the league by learning to play defense and kind of getting used to killing penalties rather than being on the power play um because as far as the power play goes he was worthless this year he was worthless you got to be able to skate to quarterback a counter play or a power play and he can't really do that anymore um and i, and I wonder how much of that is the knee actually it it's noticeable now it, it wasn't noticeable last year especially in the early part of last year um for most of this year it's been noticeable he is significantly less mobile than he used to be 
Um, and and this and this team for whatever reason just does not like you watch their power play and this is just, I mean this is just a, we can talk about this all at, at length but they just they just their their power play setups are some of the worst I've ever seen. They're really basic. Like they run a really it's so, it's basic. It's almost power. it's almost too it's almost too basic. Yeah, it's a really like basic you're not going to even beat like a, you're not even going to eat a beat a bad team penalty killing unit. Right, and they don't because the not. Rangers they don't even switch it up. Like I was watching a Columbus play the other day, and Columbus runs a set that would look like Boston sometimes. Then they would run a set that looks like Toronto sometimes, you know, and they they switch it up a little bit. So yeah, like the the Jackets power play isn't particularly successful, but at least they have different tropes. Um, the same thing with the Bruins. At least they give you different looks to keep you honest. Exactly, they give you different looks here and there. The Rangers don't do that. They there is no change, no matter what. It's like banging their head against the wall. They'll just yeah. keep doing the same thing until eventually they'll score one day. Uh, <laughs> but. Kevin Shattenkirk, relative to the league, he's a second pair guy. That that's really what it comes down to. He's a second, maybe third pair guy. Uh, oh, third pair is is no that that's it. That that's, I mean, it depends on the team. It depends on the team. Uh, on a good honestly, team, if you're he's saying third, third if, if you're saying third pair, that's your that's that's the hater starting to creep creep in. No, 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 he's no, no. no. He's guy. he's a third pair on a good team. Like I mean, if you're gonna put him in Boston, he's not playing second pair in Boston. Uh, if you if you put him in Carolina, he's not playing second care, pair in Carolina. Okay, I mean, you know like, the, but the, but, the, but those are like those are those are teams that are so stacked on defense, ridiculous. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like he's third pair on those teams. On a team like the Rangers or the Islanders, he's he's a second pair guy. Um, but no longer is there any perception that Kevin Shattenkirk's a first pair guy. So I guess relative to the league, I give him a C. He's just a decent okay. defenseman now. Uh, that's just what he is. I, he doesn't really specialize in anything anymore. He's just a decent. It's like I said to you before. He's a six million dollar Braden Coburn at this point. He's just he's a decent player. And all right, let's it. just let's just let's just move on. <laughs> um. All right. So next, Jimmy VC, the the star of free agency a few years ago. Um. Uh, what are his what are his numbers so far? You know what? Let me check. I know he has about 37, 34 points, uh, 16 goals, 18 assists, so the usual. And he's had some first-line time. He's 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 also, like, I wish I could count the amount of time that Zibanejad has set him up, and it just and he just couldn't, couldn't bury it. The same amount of times that Chris Kreider has set up a screen and the Rangers have scored. I feel like it's the exact yeah, number. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> So uh, I'll say this: What I, I expected twenty goals from from him. He's at how many now? Sixteen. I don't think he's going to score four the rest of the way. I think he's going to probably wind up a little shy unless he has like a magical nine scores a hat trick. Um, so I think I could safely say he's going to miss my twenty goal marker for him. Um, that was my expectation. So I'd probably say based on my expectation, I'm giving him. C plus. Yeah, that's what I'd go with too. I, you know, look, he he's got career numbers. Uh, thirty four points. He, that's his his max was twenty eight last year. Um, eighteen assists. That's about what you're gonna get from him. Thirty I think if you want to compare him to like other bottom six forwards in the league, um, yeah, about you know C C plus me, you know, ish. I'd I'd say he's C plus both. He's C plus relative to what I expected. I expected a little bit more, and I think. 
based on the rest of the bottom six players in the NHL, yeah, he's he's a, he's 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 a he's a good bottom six player. So he so I would even say you know what I'd probably even say he's a relative to the NHL bottom six players he's probably like a, a B minus actually I'd probably even improve that grade he's actually not bad when you compare it I expected a little bit more he didn't deliver on that so a C plus is a fair grade all around I think that's fine C plus B minus ish that kind of range you know somewhere between that so maybe even a, a solid B is probably fair that's okay I think that's fine. He's, he's nothing to write home about. If the Rangers traded him, it wouldn't make a difference. If they kept him at like $2 million-ish as a bottom six player, that's fine too. You know, um, I think we got to stop with this putting him, at the fir- putting him on the first line. And I think, we got, I think we have to realize what he is at this point, and we can't stop expecting more out of him. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah. fine. That's okay. Because you need guys like He is what we thought he was. Basically. Yeah, I, I thought I would get a little bit more from him, and we haven't. But that's okay because guy, you still need guys like him at the bottom of your 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 lineup. You can't run out AHL guy, you know, AHL players in your bottom six and be competitive. You still need fillers and guys who have some talent on your bottom six. You do. So, um, do I think he's a, he's probably a? I think when I look at him long term for this team, I think he could be a player that if someone overpaid, he'd be gone for. And I also think he's the kind of player that if the Rangers wanted to keep him at $2 million for a couple of years, they can do that too. Yeah, He's a uh, very very versatile player in terms of keeping or moving, and he, he has value. Yeah, I'm fine with him. He's one of those players you take what you can get from him. And look, he gives you – he's given you 30, 35 points consistently in, in a bottom six role. So, yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that's that's just fine jimmy vc if you're hearing this you are just fine bro like exactly, exactly. i don't care yeah um, he's the kind of play he's the kind of player like i said i mean i you know if the rangers kept him i'd like it i i think he's i think he's fine i like his effort i think he i think he busts his butt which i like too yeah i do um all right let's talk about the new guys uh libra hayek um you still high on libra hayek i i am matter of fact i'm even higher on him now um I think it's, I can't give him any grade. We saw him for a cup of coffee, <laughs> like literally. So we can't give him any kind of grade. I mean, like he literally came in, he, he had a cappuccino, and then he did, and then he was gone. So, um, and there was, and not not of any fault of his own, he just got injured. So they shut him down the rest of the year. Smart play, fine. Um, in what I in that limited amount of time that I saw him, um, I liked what I saw. His game, his he's a, he's got a lot more composure than I thought. He doesn't get rattled. Um, he plays a very simple game, but plays it well. Um, I like him. And then when, when he started feeling comfortable and started taking a little more chances, he started seeing some production. So uh, let's, let's see. I'm, I'm high on him. I think he could be a, a, a decent part. I think he could be a, a factor in this, in this, uh, blue line, you know, um, core that we're putting together. How did he get hurt again? You remember? Yeah, he injured his shoulder. He got, I think, if I remember correctly, I think he got checked in the boards, I think. And I think he jacked up his shoulder. He, like, dislocated it. Yeah. Um, that's basically where I was going with that. Uh, he is a decent player. And this has literally been my take on this guy since ta- since the day I saw him in a preseason this year. He's a decent hockey player who can generate offense, who can exist in the NHL, and even be effective. He has to stop getting hit. Holy shit, this guy. This guy gets hit, and he gets hit hard. And he has to learn how to avoid that. He has to. 
I don't know if it takes him getting bigger and stronger so he can shrug guys off like Brady Shea does. I don't know if it means he has to get better at skating so he can just outskate guys like Tony D'Angelo does. I don't know what it takes, but he has to do something because even Neil Pionk doesn't get hit the way that he does. He gets run the fuck over. Um, once he improves that, he's got a he's got a good eight to ten year career ahead of him if he can improve just not getting run over. Um, but yeah, uh, like you said, he's played solid. I I don't see a ton of talent there. I, I don't know that he's not going to be the superstar that the Rangers were hoping for. I can, or you know, that the Rangers were hoping they were going to knock out of the park with whatever trade. Well, I don't they think used, I don't think they, I don't think I don't think they looked at him as a superstar. I just think they looked at him as a very good player. Yeah, which is like I, he's going to be decent. Um, he's he's going to be decent, but he's got to he's got to avoid those hits. Got to. Yeah, um, I agree. I agree with that. Brendan Lemieux. New addition uh, from the Winnipeg Jets, uh, five points, ten games. How you feeling? Um, I've, I, I'll tell you this: when I when I when we, I first heard about the trade, I was kind of upset at that that was the prospect they came back. Um, and that's not, and, and only because I expected more for 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 Kevin for uh, for Kevin Hayes. So it's not a knock to him, and and I know I had some angry tweets about you know a, a, about Brendan Lemieux when it came out, and I have to be honest, I. I'm eating crow right now about it because he's shown to have a lot more offensive ability than I thought. I thought he was just going to be a guy that'd be a little bit of an agitator, draw some penalties. That's just kind of what I thought. And then as I'm watching him play, I'm like, okay, this guy makes plays happen. Like he goes to the net. He has a decent shot. He actually passes really well. Okay. This guy can play. He's not just like, he's not just gonna be an asshole on the ice. It's going to, that's going to rile up the other, uh, the other team and get under their skin. He's also going to produce. So if he can do both of those, dude, this is an awesome player to have on your bottom six and an awesome player to have for your rebuild. So um, I can't, it's hard. I don't want to give this guy a grade really, but I think, cause I think it's unfair. We only seen him for a small little bit here. It's like been what a month maybe. So I think it's unfair to give him a grade, but I like what I see so far. And I think he's going to be a big part of this future. Okay. I'm the opposite. I, I think he's garbage. Uh, I think here's my hot take of the night. Brendan Lemieux will not play a hundred games for a single NHL franchise. Like he may play a hundred games in a league, but it will not be for one franchise. Uh, He's going to get bounced around. I I don't think he's a very good player. Um, The two goals that he scored were incredibly fortunate goals, uh, especially the one against Montreal where (laughs) Carey Price just overplayed the puck carrier so badly that it left him an open net. Um, I I don't see it. I I don't know why he was even part of that trade. I would have rather the Rangers get a third round pick from Winnipeg than get Brendan Lemieux. Um, I and just... I, and and that that's a fair take. Like I actually, when this first happened, I would have been totally okay with them getting multiple picks instead of Lemieux. But watching him play with um, Bushnevich, what just watching him play, I I like the guy's game a lot. Now look. Is he is he gonna be like a star on your team? No, but is he gonna be a um you know a cog in your bottom six? I think he can be. Yes. Okay. I mean that's reasonable. I mean, I'm not I'm not gonna be mad about it. Uh, my one of if I had to actually give any nuance to the fact that I don't think he's a good player, it's just Brendan Lemieux. He plays with attitude, which I like, obviously. Um. 
I like guys that play with an edge. I like the Johansons and the Landeskogs and the Wheelers of the world. Um, Brendan Lemieux has that same kind of disposition. The difference between him and those guys is those guys score points. They can take the stupid penalties that they take because they score points. Brendan Lemieux takes those same stupid penalties, but he doesn't score points. And uh, that's that's my issue with him. Is I feel like the bad outweighs the good, but whatever. Uh, he's a Ranger, so I'll, uh, I'll wish him the best of luck going forward as well. <laughs> um, Ryan Strom, I think... That might be the last one. Yeah, let's go. Ryan Strom. What Dude, were you what expecting about, when there, we there, traded for him? I'm sur- I'm sur- we have a couple of other, I think, bigger pieces to talk about that might. Yeah, I was we got to save have something a- for next week. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> All right, fine. Ryan Strom. Um, from what I expected, A+. plus. Cool. And from what I expected, I expected... Uh, not much um, <laughs> relative to relative to the league in the bottom six. Um, I don't know. B. I mean, really, really good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, agree. like, uh, I think he's... we might, I think we might've, you know, I, I, I love when, t- I love when the Rangers or any team makes these like, you know, low risk, high reward type of things where they find a guy that just, you know, maybe didn't put it all together on a team and, could use just a fresh start and a coach that really gives a shit and will, you know, and looks to, you know, to, to get his game right again and, you know, believes in him, so to speak. And then they get a chance to prove themselves right. You know, and I, I like that because there's a reason why he was drafted where he was drafted. The guy has talent. He's not an untalented kid. It's just that he's had some, some weird years. You know, so he's had it's a very like, weird career, man. He, he really has. But 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 but, you know, there are other players that didn't put it together for three, four years until they were in the NHL. So he's the kind of guy you take a flyer on and you say, OK, I'll take him. He's a restricted free agent. I'll control him for a few years. And let's see what we got. And you never know. Maybe you knock it out the park and he becomes, you know, like, you know, a, a 45 point bottom six player. You just you've hit a home run. Yeah, um, I think. uh when I got him, I didn't expect much. I, I kind of scratched my head as to why the Stroner for Spooner trade even happened. I didn't really care. Um, so, yeah, getting anything from him is a bonus. We got a lot from him. So, And that's good for Ryan Strom because, like we said, he's had a weird career. Uh, he scored 50 points at one point in his career and then hasn't even breathed on 50 points since. Uh, he comes to New York. He's got 24 points, 53 games. That's solid. You know, that's that's good stuff. So, yeah, and he PKs, you know, fourth yeah. line, third, fourth line guy. I'm fine and if, with him. And if we, can get, if we can get him to be, you know, a 40 to 50 point player on the bottom six, I mean, that's a home run, dude. Right. I mean, that's a real nice trade. So, yeah, that's a that's a home run of a trade. I'm happy for that guy. Um, all right. So let's talk uh, different current events, I suppose. I God, Do we even have to address this? Um. People are upset because the Rangers are playing Chris Kreider while he is hurt or that Chris Kreider is deciding to play while he's hurt. I don't know why people are just mad that Chris Kreider exists while injured, I suppose. Um, Greg, do you have any issue with Chris Kreider playing right now? Yes, I do. All right. Give it to me. Um, He's hurt. It's a pointless season. Shut him down. Yeah, I would say that too, but... I mean, especially with the fact of even if you were to think about like, okay, we're not going to extend Chris Kreider and whatever, and you want to trade him, well, you can't trade him hurt, dude. 
Right. No, I mean, no matter you can't trade him hurt, obviously. Um, yeah, it's just like, it's just, what if you run the risk of him getting seriously hurt? Like, I just wouldn't do it. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't play player. I don't like playing players when they're hurt. Like, I get it if, I'll put it to you this way. Let's say we were fighting for a playoff spot or we were fighting for seating and Chris Carter turned around saying, hey, you know, I just got some inflammation in my shoulder. Like, I'll do a cortisone shot. I can play through. It's just a little pain. Like, it's, you know, I'll be all right. I'll be like, okay, cool. You know, I, I'd give him the benefit of the doubt and I'd play him. But, like, in a season where there's nothing to play for, you know, just take him out of the lineup and just put another kid in there and just let, let, it, let it fly. Like, this, this season is completely meaningless. You're just trying to see what you got from some of these other kids. It's really the only – you just want to develop these kids. It's all you want to care about. You want to see Heedle and Anderson and Howden and D'Angelo, and you want to see these guys take it up a notch. You know what you're going to get from a healthy Kreider. So what's the point of pushing it? It makes no sense. just makes no sense. I, I think it's – I don't get it. Uh, that kid that's maybe that's not everyone's opinion if i was a team i would just be like listen listen chris like you're hurt like we're shutting you down for the rest of the year and if he gave me a lip i'd be like i'm the boss not you we're shutting you down that's it yeah um that's one way there's two ways to look at it obviously there's that way uh, which would be the organizational way where it's like oh he's an asset we're gonna hold on to him then there's the player who's probably you know this is chris Kreider. this is a guy who has a real chance of being the captain in new york rangers in the next year or two um, yes, I so he does probably have a bit of sway in the same way that Henrik Lundqvist or Mark Stahl has a bit of sway around there. Um, but athletes don't like sitting out. And the reason I, for that, I, I know they don't, but, but this is where the organization has to, you know, almost like you're being a dad to them. You got to know what's best for them. I think you know the issue with that is you with players like him, like if that's Philip Heedle, okay. You know, he's a fucking rookie. He doesn't have any sway at all. Um, Chris Kreider is a guy who's been there so long, been through all that stuff that as a courtesy sometimes you would kind of have to give him the final say in certain situations like that. The same thing with Henrik Lundqvist. Henrik Lundqvist wants to play, so Henrik Lundqvist is going to play. Uh, it's the same yeah. thing with Chris Kreider. It but 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 also but also athletes like I'll I'll just say this because just coming from like knowing athletes in different sports um it's not the same but the athlete mentality is train is train and play and fight no matter what right so that's just the mentality and it's up to the good coach to see past that and to know whether it's beneficial for them because the athlete has a different mindset right they're gonna it, they're gonna want to compete no matter what it's up to the coach to realize you're not benefiting the team nor yourself this makes no sense right and look it's it's not a ton different from the way that we work you know i look anybody that's worked in a hotel restaurant uh i don't know uh any kind of service industry bank uh your boss tells you all the time don't come to don't come to work sick don't come to work sick Everybody comes to work sick because yep. yeah. we got to pay those bills. So right. I don't give right. a fuck if I get this whole building sick. I'm going to come into work sick because I'm trying to get this money. It's kind of the same thing with athletes. Like they're going to come to work. If you if you give them the option, they're going to come to work. He, he'll, you know, you see guys in the playoffs. Eric Carlson skated on a torn Achilles. <laughs> yeah, you know? he, 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 he beat the Rangers on one foot. Right, he beat the Rangers on one foot. In the same playoffs, Joe Thornton skated on a torn ACL and MCL. Like, this is the type of shit these guys do. And it's not just because they want to win, which I'm sure is part of it, but also because they know if they sit out and they get that injury-prone tag, 
that hurts their value, free agency wise or trade wise. If, well, I think it's also I think it's also pride and just the, just just the the nature of the game because it's it's a competitive like your 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 adrenaline and and playing in a competitive game just makes you a certain person no matter what. I don't care if you're a, if you're a, a bottom six player or a superstar in the league. Like you have a competitive drive to play in this league. So sitting out feels less less of a man, less of an athlete, less yeah. of a less of a, a player. And it's like they're not going to want to do that. It just it just so. It, that's why I said it's up to the it's up to the coach and the management and the front office to turn around and say, "You're hurt. Get yourself right. I know you want to play, but we're making the decision for you." Right. You know, I, I that's what I think, and I would always I would always err on the side of. Now I get, as I prefaced earlier, we're fighting for a playoff spot. It might be a slightly different conversation. Right. right I might right. say I might I might like judge the injury differently and say. Can, is this something you can play with that we're just that we can just fix at the end of the year, or is this something that's going to you know? And then this is where I talk with the medical staff, or is it something that can you know? Is it a slight tear on something that if he plays he's going to tear it more, or is it something where it's he's got a bad injury and we can fix it in the off season, and he just has to pay, he has to play through pain. I you know what I'm saying? Like there are just different kind. It just depends. Like we don't know the the exact injury either. You know, so we're all speculating. Yeah, but and, at, but at the at the at the crux of it, I just don't like the idea. That's my yeah, thought. yeah. I I get that. And the Rangers have been very strange about managing injuries the last couple of years. Like even when you look at McDonough, who was a player that they did trade while hurt. Um, they traded McDonough. He was hurt the entire year and played for most of that year too. Um, Kevin Shattenkirk, same year. Apparently, he was playing on a torn meniscus for the better part of four months. And uh, you can't, you will never be able to pay me to believe that no one in that organization knew that. So they let him skate for four months, the first four months of the season, too. Like they could have easily had him get the surgery and he would have been back by January. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know what's funny? You you hear all this stuff, now you hear the Kreider stuff, and it may, you know. I'm starting to question the, the Rangers medical staff a little bit. <laughs> right, like it's a weird way that they've got going about doing things. Um, yeah, they're just like, there. yeah, just take some painkillers and get on with it. Right, like, like it's like throw some dirt on it, like <laughs> you'll be all right. It's rub, like rub no, man, like these it. are million dollar athletes that are valuable. Like get them right. right. Don't it's fucking, like don't, the... don't 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 make my don't make my Mercedes worse. Right, like they and these are the best players on the team too. Like Shattenkirk, McDonough, Kreider. Like these are not Jimmy VC, Nemesnikov, you know, like these are not scrubs, dude. Like these are really good players. Yeah, these are, these are not guys who are fighting for play- these are these are not guys who are fighting for roster spots next year. Right. Who, who, like... who might, might turn around and say this is my only shot. Let me go back out there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just like no; these guys are guaranteed roster spots. Like, right. get them right, get them right. Do whatever you got to do. If you got to, if the if the year is bad, you got to shut them down. You know, a month in advance. Who cares? Yeah, I I agree. That's the weirdest fucking thing, man. Yeah. Um. So that's the hot take. The Rangers medical staff is trash. <laughs> yeah. Uh, might want to do some uh, <laughs> some evaluations there, guys. Yeah. Might might want to might want to get some new doctors and some <laughs> some new uh some new new training staff. Maybe just a uh, thought. Right. Like something's going on there. Um. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we'll we'll get back to the Rangers next week. Um. We'll whip it around the league again. I, actually, I'm going to ask you a quick question, real quick. Um. San Jose clinched a playoff spot tonight. They're the second team in the league to do so. Um, are they the best team in the West? Mm. 
gotta think about that. You know, I don't, the funny I, thing is, they they the, the fact the, I'll tell you they this, didn't even the play fact, The fact that I have to think about it says no. <laughs> I I don't think so. I'm not even sure they're this. I don't think they're the best team in their division. I'm not even gonna lie. I wow. Okay. I don't. I the Golden Knights are good, bro. The, I know that, but they're not better than San Jose, though. There, no, that team. We have been selling them short, and this show. Stop. Me stop. and you have notoriously sold these guys short. They got Mark Stone now. That team is unbeatable. That team is not going to lose to a team in the Western I, Conference. I have to be fair. Since they got Stone, I have not watched them. So that's you got to see it. You okay. got to see I, it. I, but I just can't. I, I'm sorry. I just like like San Jose is just stacked. Like I, I mean, they're a really, really good freaking team. I just don't see them being. I don't. I as I just don't see Vegas being better than them. I, I, I can see why you say the that. Entire Western Conference, like the entire Western Conference. All right, let me ask you this: Is San Jose better than Winnipeg? No, no. Okay, are they better than Nashville? Mm, I'm gonna say no, it's mostly close. because of the it's goalies. Close. It is close, though. It is close. It is but... close. I'll say they're close. They're. I'd say Nashville and and San Jose are closer than than Winnipeg. Wait, San Jose are closer. San, like San, San Jose, San Jose, San Jose, and Nashville are closer and closer in talent and than. San Jose and Winnipeg. San Jose, I don't think. Winnipeg oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Much better team. I think. I think Winnipeg. I think Winnipeg is one of those teams where, um, I think they just haven't figured out. Like, I think there's another gear to that team. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, and I believe. I believe that too. I there's part of me. I'm conflicted about that San Jose team, man. Like, there's a lot of big names over there. Obviously, you got Couture, Carlson, you know Burns, all those guys, but. Are their forwards that good? Like I, I've watched them probably about a half a dozen times. I don't watch a ton of Sharks games, but watched them half a dozen times, and I like their defensive group. I think they're cool. Their goalies yeah, no, are terrible. No, I, I think their forwards are decent. I think their forwards are pretty good. I think their forwards are 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 better than middle of the pack, and their their blue line is outstanding. So yeah, I, they're a very good team. I think it's the goalies that is probably going to kill me. I think their forwards are slightly above average i think their defense what do you is what do you think of their what do you think of their goaltending situation it's bad it, yeah it's me too. Bad. I, I agree i think i think if they if they don't do any if they don't make any noise it's because they 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 have awful goaltending yeah it's i don't know what happened to martin jones this last couple of years but he oh no he fell he fell he fell off the map he fell off the fucking map he's yeah he probably shouldn't even be starting for them anymore like i, I agree with that He's really bad over there, and, yeah, yeah. and their backup hasn't been a ton better either. So, it's like imagine if, Lundqvist on that team. Hmm. Said, imagine Lundqvist on that team on that Shark team. I know. You know what? That's probably what's gonna happen. We're gonna get no. Him I'm not even kidding. Put Lundqvist on that Shark team. They win the cup, bro. I would love. They to win see the it. cup. They might even be. They might even be better than. They would have a chance to actually beat Tampa. I wouldn't even be mad. If no, Lundqvist gets yeah, leave cold either. New York to go hang out on a beach with Joe Thornton and Brent Burns, like you know, can I be mad at that? No, no, no. I'm I'm cool with that too. <laughs> can I be mad? Like no, no I I'm happy with that too. Um, yeah. I mean, if they even had a slightly better goaltender, like Jimmy Howard over there, would do wonders for that team. Yes, he would. That's another good one. Yeah. I mean, like there's there's a couple of goaltenders that I think. You know, um, if the situation called for it, maybe would get moved for something. Um, I don't know 
well, I don't know what Jimmy Howard's age is, but I assume they're going to move him soon. He's pretty he's, old. He's yeah, probably like, about he's, 34. He's pretty old at this point. Um, so having said that, yeah, I mean, like, that would be a situation where maybe San Jose trades for Jimmy Howard. Um, I mean, the rate, if, if, if Lundquist ever wanted to move on, I think he would only pick a situation where he knew he could, where he knew he could win. Let's say Carlson re-signs there. Yeah, I could maybe see Hank wanting to go there. Yeah, I could, like, I could like, see. That would be, I mean, like, there really are very few scenarios. I don't think Hank will ever do it, but he would, I think he would only do it where he, he went to a team that was guaranteed to be in the playoffs and guaranteed to be one of the better teams in the league. Because he's not going to, if he's going to do this, he's going to do it. He's only going to do it for one, for a run. That's it. That's it. He's not uh, going to do it for like, you know. Yeah, he's not going to go to Florida. He's not going to do to Luongo. And, no, he ain't doing that. He ain't going yeah. to another. If he's going to go through a real de- rebuilding process, well, he's fucking doing it right here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's no. He's only. I, I think that's the only chance. He, and I don't think he ever does it. But if he did, I, I could. There's only a handful of places I could see it making sense. And San Jose is not, not not a bad one because their goaltending situation is brutal, and that's going to cost them in the playoffs. I think. Yeah, it's going to cost them. And have you ever heard of anybody turning down a trade to San Jose? Like, have you ever seen San Jose appear on somebody's no trade list? No, no, and anybody. And there's would a re- there's a reason there's a reason for because living in the Bay Area is fantastic. Yeah, it's awesome. The guys on that team are awesome. There's no pressure on that team. They have avoided all the pressure that the Kings and the Ducks have gotten over the years. They've avoided all that. Um, actually, they used to have it at one point when they were like finishing like top of the league. But last like four or five years, no pressure. They just make the playoffs, and eh, we'll see what happens. So they're just chilling over there, having a good time, playing good hockey, and there's no pressure on those guys. So, yeah, who the hell is going to turn down a trade to fucking San Jose? Oh, yeah. And, and, I'll, and I'll tell you, it's on, in all seriousness, though, like, I mean, you want to talk about a destination place to play. Like, San Jose, like, the Bay Area, like I said, it's fantastic. Like, you know, like awesome beaches, great weather, like, just, I mean... Pff. You want to talk about a dream scenario of a place to play like San Jose is at great. Now, I'm talking aside from the team and how good they are, just the environment playing in that area. Like who, would, who wouldn't want to do that? Yeah, it, you'd, be exactly. a, you'd be a fool. You would be an absolute fool to turn that down. If you're a <laughs> professional athlete, like there are some places you'd love to play. It's like I'll, I'll, I'll give you a baseball reference. Like, why do you think Manny, Manny Machado like doesn't mind? You know, I mean, obviously, three hundred million dollars. I could think of three hundred million reasons why why he went to San Diego. <laughs> but do you honestly think that? Like he could never win a World Series, and he's living on the beach in San Diego, right. you know, with a quarter million dollars. Do you think he care? I mean, a quarter, a quarter billion dollars. Do you think he cares? Exactly. Like no. he's fine. <laughs> he's just yeah. fine. San Diego's yeah, exactly. fine also. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Same thing with Mike Trout because he just he just saw another a deal. T- he saw another, a deal takes four hundred and thirty million dollars. He's living in he's living in Southern California with like half a billion dollars, basically. Yeah. You think he care? You think he cares? No. No, and I, I think, and I'm really happy about this. I think you're seeing it where you're seeing a situation where players are not as worried about winning championships anymore, like because they make so much money. Like you look at Machado, uh, Trout, even McDavid, like those guys might just be okay with not being in the championship conversation every year, just because they're doing so well doing the sport that they love doing, like. We have it in our heads that, that that rings is what it's all about for these guys. Some guys just really like playing their sport and making a ton of money doing it. 
I think of Artemi Panarin as one of those types of guys. Like, I don't think he cares about winning championships all that much. I just think he wants to be a millionaire somewhere cool. You know, like, I don't think he wants to be a a millionaire in Columbus. I think he wants to be a millionaire in New York or Miami or, you know, San Jose or wherever. Yeah. And I I think, and I think it's time that we start talking about this as like, you know, uh, as like fans of that's not that. I mean, like what, like, I think sometimes we overplay that like, Oh, well he doesn't want to win a ring or like, like we think that like that, that diminishes like a player, like get the fuck out of my face with that. Like they're like, let me ask you this question. If you were in their shoes and you had a chance to make hundreds of millions of dollars, yeah, you'd fucking do it. So, so cut me up. So stop, stop with the bullshit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, stop with that. Yeah, don't don't get me wrong. All these players want to win. That's why they play this sport. Right. But if you honestly think that they're going to sit there and say, you know what? I'd rather win a championship than make four hundred million dollars. You're out of your fucking mind. Right, you're out of your you mind. You are. You are so <laughs> far out of your mind. It's not even funny. It's you like, know what if- I mean? Like. If I can win a championship while making four hundred million dollars, that's great. Then that is, yeah, that's the ultimate thing. Then it's like, look, I'm getting paid and I'm winning. Yeah, I've got it made. Yeah, but I'm but not like, taking a pay cut for a fucking ring. Like that's that's not gonna happen. Dude. Yeah, and honestly, there are very few athletes that do that. And you know what's funny? The ones who do are already very well off. Already. Right. Like exactly. Like the yeah. ones who do it are already doing just fine. Um right. Like you'll see like you'll see athletes in the twilight of their career take a pay take a pay cut because they've made their money and now it's about winning. But right. in the prime of their career for a player to take a pay cut, no, nah, it ain't happening anyway. And no. that's never going to happen. No, it's, you're not going to be 28 years old period. going, "Oh, I really need a championship. Let me take half of what I'm worth." Like no. You do that when you're like 35. You don't do yeah. that when you're 28. Yeah, do you think do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to turn around one day and say, you know what? I think I'm going to make less money because I want to saw, I want I want I want a better defense here. Right? No, no, he's going to say, why don't you guys get it together and draft a better team? Right. Exactly. Why do I have to be? Why do I have to sacrifice my you know my worth in this world? Exactly. And, and, and you know something? If you believe in a capitalist society, you're right. He's right. Yeah, so, I mean that's what it's about is making the money. You know everything else. Like look. Everybody who says, oh, the athlete needs to care about winning, yada, yada. No, the athlete is paid to be as good at his sport or his position as he can be. Uh, We pay Henrik Lundqvist to be the best goalie he can be. We're not paying him for championships. We don't get to ask for a refund if we don't get championships. Like exactly, it's it's up to the GM and the management to build around those pieces. Right. And when it fails, that's when you look at the manager and say, look, you've got these four or five players that are really good. What about the other 10 guys on the team that sink? Right. And look, as great as Henrik's career has been, like, he he got us to the Stanley Cup final. He got us within three games of lifting that trophy. You know, it's yep. we got our money's worth from him. Yeah, we didn't get the championship. We may not get it with him in tow, and that would be a shame, but that seems to be the way it's going to go. Um don't think that we didn't get our money's worth. We got our money's worth from Henrik Lindquist and then some. You know, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. Yeah. So it's not about winning the championships, and I'm sure that a lot of people from a lot of income brackets listen to the show. Ask yourself: Is it your job to make your company the number one on Forbes list? No, no, that's not what they're paying you for. They're paying you to get your ass in there and do whatever it is that's on your job description. You, your company being number one on Forbes list is not your concern. Yep. The same thing with these athletes. Yeah. Trout is getting paid $400 million to play center field to the best of his abilities, which is probably the best in the world. Uh, 
that is what he does. He is not there to win champion. They didn't pay him $400 million for a championship. They paid him $400 million so they could have the league's best center fielder. That's exactly right. So (laughs) that's exactly it. And Um, and that's true for every sport. Yeah, and that's every sport. Goalies in hockey, quarterbacks in football, center fielders in baseball, whatever the case may be. Right, exactly. Whatever position, whatever sport, you get paid based on your ability. And, you know, if we're going to, you know, unless you want all of these leagues to like start, you know, getting rid of, you know, going the MLB route and get getting rid of, uh, you know, salary caps. That's the only way that you're really going to be like, okay, well then we don't, you know, the, the salary caps really, are, really hinder teams from, from building. If you think about it. Yeah. Oh, they really, that, I mean, that's the design that that's yeah. by design. That's what they're supposed yeah. to do. Is yeah, exactly. Really stop they, you from they're, building. they're there to create parodies that you've got a great player and now, because you have a great player and you have to pay him, you can only be average because you can't afford a team. Exactly. Exactly. And I think, uh, unfortunately, I mean, in some ways that's nice because no shit team, I hate saying it, like the Florida Panthers, the New York Islanders, like, you know, heck, Carolina. Yeah, the Hurricanes. I mean, like, like the Hurt. Yeah, exactly. Like franchises that are just middle tier of the road, the, the wild, they're never going to be forgotten about. But then again, what stinks is you're never going to have top-heavy teams, you know, just like kill it for a, for a long period of time either. Yeah, so like there's, you're there's you're not going to have minus. dynasties anymore. Like the the closest thing to a dynasty that we've had recently has been the Blackhawks, and they won what three out of four or three out of five, something like that. Like it was a really like disjointed. They were dominant, but it wasn't like oh we won five championships in a row. It was like ah we won three out of five, something like that. that yeah, I mean, that's what salary you, caps do to you. Yeah, and even even look in every in, in every of the other sports. I mean, like you know, and players. You know, like you look at basketball, for example. Like the Golden State Warriors just kind of went around that by just you know, by by all these players. Like literally, like the NBA has totally changed, where players now just sign like two year deals to go somewhere and win, and then they go. You know what I mean? Like they just yeah. jump around like just it's nothing. Around. Yeah. yeah, and they create they create these super teams. So they found that's the way around the the, the salary cap. Actually, is just creating super teams and bouncing around a lot. Which I think that might be a thing that like maybe the NHL does at some point, where these some of these players say, you know what, if I want to win a ring, I'm going to go play with my buddy and sign a two year deal. That's it. Yeah, I I don't know if it's as effective as basketball because you know obviously basketball only five guys take the quarter at a time. Um, yeah, it's a it's a different dynamic. I mean, it, it, it's like one player two, has two more players influence. To make a team. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that's true. So you might not see it that way, but it's it's tough. I mean, that's I mean you, uh, and 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 think about it. Even the football aspect, right? Like we know we, we can talk about the Patriots all the time and how how awesome they are. But like, look at every team that plays against the. It's it's you know the Eagles were in the were in the Super Bowl one year, and then you've got the the Rams, and then you've got like you know you know what I'm saying. So like, there's right. so much parity even in the NFL. Like, yes, the the Patriots always win. But, like, there's always – every playoff scenario, there's, like, new teams involved. And even in hockey, there's always new teams involved. Right. I mean, think about it. You know, a few years ago, you know, probably about four years ago, the Kings and the Blackhawks were gods. They were gods. They, you know, they were so fearsome. Nobody wanted to play them in the playoffs. Now both of these teams struggle to even sniff the playoffs. Um, yep. And uh, who was I thinking about? Ah, I was thinking about somebody else and I forgot. Oh, yeah. The Seahawks in football. They were gods three years ago. Three years ago, the Seahawks were gods. Defense impenetrable. Now, they barely make the playoffs. They struggle yep. to even make the playoffs. So, 
that's what salary caps do is it, it makes your peaks and your valleys come so much faster than they did without the salary cap. But like you said, with salary caps, you don't have teams like the Pittsburgh Pirates or the Oakland Athletics who are just perpetually bad for the entirety of their existence. Like how long was Pittsburgh, you know, larger market teams farm system? That's all they were. They were just yeah. larger teams' farm systems. And so, uh, so were the so were the Oakland A's. Exactly. So were the A's. Um, you can't have franchises like that and expect to have a thriving sport. You know, like it. I think one of the cool things about hockey right now, and kind of the same thing with football, is teams come up and you know then they go. Like the the Coyotes are doing their thing right now. That's great. Um, the Hurricanes are doing their thing right now. Look at the Preds. The Preds are doing their thing. They've been pretty dominant for the last few years. Um, the Jets, these are all teams that if we if we didn't have a salary cap, those teams would be beaten into obscurity by teams like L.A. or Dallas yeah, and, or and New those, York. Yeah, and those franchises would get run Boston. out of those cities. Exactly. They'd get run out of those cities. They'd be constantly relocating, and we'd be talking about how Boston and New York and Dallas and L.A. and Toronto are just constantly dominating all the time, and they always have the best players. And as great as that would be for this podcast, <laughs> uh, it's not great for a league. It's just right, and I, th- and I think sometimes fans have to understand that that sometimes things things for the league are not not the best for your franchise. Right, and that, and unfortunately, that's how it works, and and that's why the Rangers are where they are, is because what's good for the league is not good for the Rangers as a team. Right, and all so of that to- digression leads to me saying this: the Vegas Golden Knights are going to win the West this year. There you go. Oh I man, you are. <laughs> I I've given in. I've given in completely. The Golden Knights are going to win the West again. So they're going to they have back-to-back Western Conference champions. Yes. Oh yes. And I don't even think it's going to be close. Uh, I, I think the only team that's going to put up a fight against them is Winnipeg. And that's if they get past Nashville. If Nashville runs into Vegas, Vegas will beat them in like five games. Like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be bad. This team is unbeatable. They're unbeatable, dude. It's It's crazy. They have Mark Stone on their second line. Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty are on their second line. That's how good that team is, dude. Oh man, I I don't even want to talk about it anymore. They're they're too good. No, 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 no. <laughs> they're too good, dude. No, 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 no. I think Winnipeg still wins the West. I I want to stick by my Nashville pick so bad. My my preseason Nashville pick. I want to stick by it so bad, but. This Knights team is ridiculous, bro. Does, all right, here's the question. Does anybody beat Tampa Bay in the East? In the East? No. No. I Look, the the Capitals were the team of destiny last year, and uh, good for them. Not again this year. Uh, Tampa's going to roll everybody. You think they win the Cup? Yeah. yeah. I do, too. I do, too. Yeah. I, I would hate to see Vegas lose twice in a row. <laughs> In the uh, Stanley Cup final. Um, because I think that that franchise is too young to deserve that kind of heartbreak. But it might just end up happening. I just think, I mean, I, 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 I've watched actually a lot. Of, I've watched a lot of Tampa Bay. Um, they, they look as dominant of a team as I've seen in a very. They look more dominant than the Penguins of several years ago. 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like they just look like they look they they look like like and, and the, the best way I can explain it, there are games where it's like they forget they're playing a game and and then they go, oh, we're playing hockey, and then they just turn it on. Like they're just and there's like, nothing it's, you it's, can it's do. Incre- it, no, there's nothing you can do. When when they decide to play, just 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 call it a night. Don't even bother. Don't even bother showing up. Yeah, I mean, look, Vasilevsky's a Vezina caliber goaltender. They have last year's Norris winner. Kucherov scored a hundred points in like sixty games. <laughs> this team is ridiculous. Yeah, Bra- Bra- Braden Point is like a fucking superstar. Yeah, he's a point for game player. Stamkos is pretty much a point for game player. Kucherov is damn near a two-point-per-game player. Like, this team's unbeatable, dude. Yeah, yeah, I know. And you're forgetting about, like, you know, Sergeyev and it just, like... Right, I mean, we're not even talking about, like, Gord, Sorelli, Johnson. No, we're not even even talking uh, about the role players or the guys at the the back end who are really good. (laughs) They they still have Tyler Johnson. We don't even talk about Tyler Johnson. That's so crazy. That's so crazy that, like... We're talking about all these guys, and they have Tyler Johnson, who like a lot of people would, would love to have. Right. Any team would be lucky to have that guy. We don't even talk about him. I think this is the first time we've mentioned him on this podcast. He's a good player. We I know. Talk about. And, and he's, he's such an afterthought because of how much how talented they are. Right. I, that team's so good, man. It's like you said. The, the only issue I have with them, the only crack in their armor that I can see is that their defense, their blue line is slow. They don't have a particular. They yeah, they don't have any speed on their blue line. They either. don't have any speed back there. If you can catch them on a four check consistently, you got a chance. Not saying you're going to score because they still have a Vezina goalie in their goal t- in their net, and no, they're you might, really you solid might keep them in their, on their own toes, zone. Though. Right, but you can at least give them a hard time. I'll say that. Um, but that's the only chink in their armor is that. They they have trouble skating, but they're so good at protecting the puck that I'm not even sure it matters. But uh, the, the other the other thing too is they dominate time of possession with the puck. Like you don't even get it from them. Right, you can't get they it from the, them. Because they own the puck like eighty percent of the game. Even if you can trap their defenseman on a forecheck, all of them are so strong on the puck that it's hard to get it away from them. You can slow them down, but it's hard to get the puck back. And then when you get it back, it's hard to keep it. And then when they get it, they cave you. <laughs> so yeah, they, that that's a, that is actually true. They they literally they put you into a and, and basically into a corner and they just mull you to death. Yeah, they just cave you the entire game. And yeah, it's it's tough, man. It's tough. And that weakness for them being able to like that was what Washington exploited last year, and it took them seven games to win that series. Still. But that's what it took, was them being able to exploit that little chink in the armor. No other team in the East can do that. Like, And, I, to, and I'll be honest, and, and I'll be honest, if, if if Tampa Bay won that series, I think they win the Cup. Yeah, they, they probably would have. I, I would have imagined. I, I would imagine either one of those teams would have beaten the Golden Knights last year. Right, um, and I don't think Washington this year is as good as, as, good as they were last no, year. No, no. And, and I think Tampa Bay is so – I think Tampa Bay learned a lot last year. Yeah, yeah, I – Tampa is not gonna let that happen again. I no. promise that's not gonna happen again. Yeah. the The only thing the only thing that concerns me is because they've been because they've been dominant so for so long, and they won the the President's Trophy already, and they're basically just on cruise control. What worries me is that first round matchup. Yeah, but who? If it's against the Hurricanes, they they might have some trouble with that. One. 
if it's against the Hurricanes, because the Hurricanes are the type of team that can exploit that weakness that they have, which is a slow blue line. Uh, the problem is the Hurricanes, for most of the year, had trouble finishing. So against Vasilevsky, I'm not sure if they'll be able to convert a lot of those chances, but they're the only team that has a chance to give Tampa any real trouble. I don't see Columbus giving them any trouble in first round. I don't see Montreal giving them any trouble in first round. If Philly makes a run, I don't really see them giving Tampa any real trouble in the first round. It's really just Carolina who might give Tampa some trouble. That's it. Yeah, that's probably true. You're probably right about that. Yeah. I I, I could see that one going seven. To be 100%. Like, if it was Tampa versus Carolina, I, I could see seven. I could see it. Um, Imagine but, they lost in the first round. Does Cooper keep his job? That's no, the question. No, no, yeah, no, no. Because no. with this team and the way that they've been, there's no excuse to lose to anyone. There's no, no excuse I, I to think, lose to anyone. Yeah, no, I, I think I think Cooper is. I think Cooper's on the hot. Here's the thing. I actually think Cooper's on the hot seat unless they win the cup. Yeah, and that's that's a lot of pressure. It but is. it's justified because this is one of the best teams we've ever seen. So you need it's one to of the win. best teams I've seen. In, I, I, I have to be honest. It's one of the best. Te- it's, it's one of the best all around teams I've seen since like the Red Wings of like more than a decade ago. Yeah, I would agree on that. I would agree on that. That's they're better. They're better than the, the Penguin teams that, that, that rolled a couple of years ago. They're yeah. better than them. They're better than them. They're better than those Blackhawks teams. They're definitely better than. Those oh, Cubs they're teams. way better than those Blackhawks teams. Yeah, I don't think that those Blackhawks teams were good, but they were just. Um, I don't want to say uh, they. They just they had the right pieces, but I don't think they were a dominant team. The Kings survived on you know quick and some. And, and <laughs> yeah, that's basically it, really. I mean, they survived on quick and just and just like just you know, wearing be, you down. That's yeah, exactly. Just physically wearing you down and a really good goalie and then some puck luck. That's really how they that's really what they did. Yeah. Um but the Penguins were actually a talented team. And that Penguin they're bet they're more talented than the Penguin team. And then the most talented team I've seen since the I don't know like I guess what was it? Scott when the, the when the Red Wings were really dominant. It's like 06 or 07 or something like that, right? Um I think it was like yeah. No, that wasn't were they really good back then? I think the last time they won was what oh six maybe was that it? It was. I know it was in the it was in the mid two thousands. Yeah, but like yeah. that Red Wing team was stacked. Like that was the last time I remember a team being that like overwhelmingly dominant yeah. versus the rest of the league. And then this is this is true here. I mean, um, you know, Toronto Toronto doesn't want to hear this, but if they were to play Tampa Bay, they get smoked in like five games. Yeah, they get smoked. They get smoked. They they get. Really we get their asses handled. Yeah. And it's, it's not because it's not because of Mitch Marner or Austin Matthews or Nylander. It's because this Tampa Bay team is just that fucking good. You know, what? to close That's out the show, I I want to make fun of Leafs fans for a second because I can see them preemptively pointing fingers for this impending first round loss against the Bruins. Like the the Leafs. Their fans are really feeling like they're going to lose this series. They may not say it, but. They don't think they're going to win this fucking series against the Bruins. Like, the Bruins are so in this fan base's head. It is hilarious. Have you watched Toronto lately? They've looked bad. They have looked bad. I mean, do they have Dermot and Gartner back yet? I, I don't know. I, don't I know, know the last couple times I saw them, they didn't. But that I, don't was know, like I, don't know, I don't know. I don't know about tonight against Nashville, but um, I don't know. 
Yeah, I, I I didn't see the I didn't see the national game yet, but the the last couple of games I have watched, they've been bad. Oh yeah, without Dermot and Gardner, they have been bad. So I mean, it's been a few weeks now, um, and they've been bad in that entire stretch. And it's not that Gardner and Dermot are world beating talents because they're not, but they can at least move the puck. <laughs> without them, Toronto can't move the puck. And they already get caved enough as is. But when you can't move the puck on top of that, oh, God, it's ugly. It's yeah. ugly. So it's been bad for them this last few weeks. Um, And they're feeling the pressure. My question for you, they though, are, is, They are definitely feeling the pressure. And I'll say this, too. It's not their the, – the, 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 the strong part of Toronto is not what's going to kill – like, their, their forward group is some of the best in the NHL. Yeah. Definitely. Top it's, five. It's just Easy. their blue line is awful and their goalie is extremely suspect. Their goalie's good. I, he's so I, tough. I, I, I feel like he's like Corey Crawford. Like I, He's not as good as people give him credit for, but he's not as bad as I want to say he is. Maybe, <laughs> then, then maybe it's just the defense that makes him look that bad. That's possible. He's just pretty good. He's a pretty good goalie. Like... He, I'd have him probably. I don't know. You want to be. You want to be. You want to be Tampa Bay. You need a better goal. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like my point is, you want to beat Nashville. You want to beat Tampa Bay. Well, guess what? You need to upgrade that blue line and 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 may definitely the blue line and maybe the goalie. I don't. I don't know, but definitely the blue line. You cannot. They definitely. You you will not beat. You will not like. You're not going to beat. You know the the Predators, the Jets, or um. Or the lightning with that blue line. You're just not. Yeah. You're just no. not. They they can't beat any team that's gonna put any real pressure on them. And the issue for Toronto is that their first two series are gonna be against teams that are gonna put a ton of pressure on them. So they're it's not looking good for them. Because both the Bruins and the Lightning are gonna forecheck the hell out of the uh out of the Leafs and they're gonna cave the hell out of these guys. And I don't think Toronto is going to be able to hold up against that. Um, but does a first round loss cost Babcock his job, or I should say, should it cost him his job? It's a good question. I want to say yes. Um, and if they do what I think they will do, um, they'll be better off for it. Which is, which is maybe promote Kel- uh, Sheldon Keith. They'll be better off for it. Okay. I just think I just think he'd get I think he would get a lot more out of these out of these guys. I just I that's just my gut feeling. I my, just my question I, is what more are you getting out of these guys? I what more can you get out of a guy like Marner or Matthews or even Tavares? Like No, I'm talking about the blue line. Oh yeah, the blue you think that there's some untapped uh potential there, at least as far as like Dermot and Gardner go. Yes. Yes. Okay. I, can I mean, get this, on board blue, with this, that. this blue line is bad, but man, it's got it's got to be able to play better than it does. <laughs> You're just like it can't be that bad. It can't. It really can't, dude. Like it, that blue line is really like it's it's bad. It's ugly. It's ugly. Like that blue line really does. They they cough up a lot of real golden opportunities for teams. Yeah. 
I, I compare them to the, the the Leafs are you remember the old Dallas Mavericks teams with Dirk and uh Steve Nash and uh Yes, yes Michael Finley and him. Like yes. just run and gun, jack up threes and like they scored a ton of points, but they gave up a lot of points too. And it's the same thing with the Maple Leafs. The Maple Leafs score a ton of points, but they give up a ton of points too. And they're they're kinda living and dying by their shots going in. Because once those stops, those shots stop going in, it gets ugly for them because they can't stop anybody. Yeah, but yeah, if those shots sense. are going in, they're unbeatable. They're unbeatable. I watched them score like five straight against the. Uh, I think it was the Blackhawks the other night. They've done it like a couple times in the last last week. They they've scored like five straight on a couple teams, and when you see that version of them, you're like, God damn, that's a good team. But then you see the version like tonight where they get shut out. And they can't stop you from scoring. So it's which version is going to show up in the playoffs. Like they're really banking on this team getting hot for about three or four weeks and just getting hot and just going straight to the cup, just redlining it to the cup. And I don't know. That I don't, that I don't, I don't, I, I, I'm, I'm not a fan of that, that strategy. Yeah, no, I don't. But that's the way this roster is constructed. And that's, that's the reason that I'm like, I don't know how you can blame this on Babcock because this roster's playing the way that it's built to play. You know, like that's yeah, the team I know. I, I, I get that too. I think the thing I think the thing is is it's fine to have stacked rosters to so you to rack up points to get into the playoffs, but you gotta have a more you, you have to have a better you have to have a better blue line if you want to compete against these better teams. You gotta be they, more they, balanced. They, yeah, you have you have to be able to 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 hold off teams from getting these grade A quality, you know, high danger chances. They can't. They you can't be giving away golden chances all the time like that. Eventually, good teams are going to burn you. Yeah, and that's why they struggle against good teams because the good teams will burn you. And if you give up good looks to those good teams, they'll burn you. Yeah. Um, I think it's unfortunate that Babcock's going to take a lot of the blame. Just like it's unfortunate that Dubis has taken a lot of the blame for the the Maple Leafs being in a position that they're in because. We shouldn't be talking about the Leafs going out in the first round. They should be playing a team like Columbus in the first round. They shouldn't be playing. Yeah, the and, well, the other thing too, it's, it's also not all. I mean, Dubis just take, took this right, team he over. He just so, took over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I, if I had to be honest, I don't think this would be his blue line. No, no, no. You know he's what I'm saying? Still, I think you I think know he's, he's working than, on. That. I think he's smarter than that and wouldn't stack his team so heavy where he he has absolutely no, you know, no resources for his blue line. Yeah, this is his first real year. He he got John Tavares, which I feel like should get him a pass for at least a year. Then he went and got Jake Muzzin, who, yeah, he plays left-handed, which is not exactly what they needed, but he did something. Um, yeah, and I like that trade, actually. Right. I mean, it's a, it's a good move. Jake Muzzin is a good guy to ride shotgun with an elite defenseman, which you have in Morgan Riley. You got an 80-point defenseman in Morgan Riley. You know, yeah. like, I think he can ride shotgun with that guy. So... Um, he's doing good things. It's just, it's not there yet. And I think people are looking two, three years down the road and saying, is Tampa or Boston going to be any worse in two or three years than they are right now? And the answer to that just might be no. Like, I think they might actually be just as good in two or three years as they are now. So the, the, the Leafs are just in a tough position. They have a really good team. They have a really good roster. If you're a Leafs fan, you should really enjoy watching these guys because we're Rangers fans, and 
we don't get to be entertained the way that you guys get to be entertained. So you should be happy about that. But I I would say cut him a little slack. Like somebody brought up to me. That's fair. The other day that, oh, man, Mike Babcock has it. He's been bouncing the first round last four times. Like he wasn't favored to win any of those series. Like in all four of those series, he was playing a team that was better than his team. So I don't know what you wanted from this man. But you can't blame a coach for losing the teams that are just better than his. That's yeah. my take on it. I, you're, you're right. Like, I, I I don't know what more you expect him to do. I, I don't think that anybody needs to be blamed. Like, if if Toronto loses to Boston, let's say it goes seven games again. Let's say they lose in six games. Let's say they lose in six games to Boston. I don't think that anybody needs to be blamed for this. I don't think that it's anybody's fault. It's just not the right time for them to beat Boston. Boston is just a more balanced team right now than Toronto is. Just like yeah, Tampa's a more balanced team than Toronto is. It's just it is what it is, you know? I don't think yeah. it's anybody's fault, you know? Yeah, I think that's true. I think that's true. Um, I, we, we got off the Rangers for, for a while going around the league, but um, – uh, as, as as far as hockey's concerned, I just can't wait for the season to be over so I could just watch the lottery at this point. That's all I'm concerned about. Yeah, um, I guess I we think, should. I'm, I'm actually like the, the next the next the next nine games. I really don't care except for like the only thing I care about is you know personal like bets that I've had or like numbers I've kind of like I want to see Zibanejad get 30 goals because I said he would, so that would be kind of nice. Mm. Um, and pick up one more assist so we can have 70 points. And that, that, that's the only personal achievement I really care about. And then after that, it's like, I don't know, uh, you know, like I said, just the lottery and, you know, just pray for some luck. And maybe we actually, you know, maybe we actually get, maybe the, the, maybe we had the, the, the league, owe, the league owes us one, you know? <laughs> oh, okay, owes man. Us one. They owe us one. You know what? They owe I, us one. I would like to see the Rangers win the lottery just because, you know, it would make all of this at least semi worth it, I guess. Um, Dude, if they if they do, then you could turn around and be like, and you could turn around and and, and um, justify your 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 method. You could right, say, I, it, it really validates a lot of things for you. I it, it does, it does. And, and then you know, you no, know, the the best thing that could, the best thing that could happen for the Rangers right now is Dallas makes the playoffs, which I think they're going to. Right, it seems like they're going yeah, to. Right, probably. More than likely, they will hold on to that spot. More than likely. right, win, win two rounds, make it to the Western Conference Finals, so we get a, a first round pick from them this year. Then, Tampa Bay wins the cup, so we get a first round pick there. Then we win the lottery, so we get three first round picks, including the first, the very first overall pick. So we get the first overall pick, and then we get two picks in the twenties, <laughs> or twenty and thirty-one, whatever. That would be pretty cool. That would be pretty sweet. I mean, that, then you turn around, and you go. Now this franchise is going to be popping, right? That yeah. That, I mean, that's a game changer for sure. It, re- it really is, dude. It, that changes the whole dynamics of this because now you got three young kids you can you could throw right into your roster in the next several months that maybe change the the course of this franchise. Right. So, um. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. It, it'll be interesting, but uh. Rangers fans, uh, enjoy the last uh, nine <laughs> games of the season, and uh, we'll see you very soon to uh, finish talking about how we're how we feel about the other players on this roster. Obviously, some more of the big names and more of the controversial guys on this roster next week. 
and then uh, we'll do a little bit more of a playoff preview. But until then, let's go Rangers and uh, enjoy the rest of your week, guys.